0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 30th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. The use of drones in domestic law enforcement is on the rise as police see new ways to scan our yards, streets, sidewalks, and homes for suspected criminal activity. So where does it end? Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute's Center for Constitutional Studies. He comments. Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell has said that he welcomes the possibility of using drones as a tool uh, in the quiver of law enforcement within the United States. Rand Paul at the on the other end of that spectrum has introduced uh, legislation that would require a warrant before police uh, make use of uh, of drones in a in a capacity as a, as a routine matter of law enforcement and you've discovered that we already have drones being used by police and it's resulted in arrests.
1: It has, yeah. The Minnesota or Minneapolis Star Tribune reported last week that uh, a North Dakota farmer had been arrested after... uh, Drone had uh, photographed stuff. There was a standoff with police. Uh, he was accused of having cows that belonged to a neighbor. It's a fact pattern that doesn't matter very much because we're going to see a hundred other fact patterns. Uh, there are going to be environmental cases. There's going to be uh, people growing marijuana on their property. Uh, going to be uh, child welfare cases. and. You see this already overseas in Britain, for example, where there have been arrests based on drone law enforcement. And the law enforcement community sees big, even revolutionary sorts of advantages from this. It allows them to do all sorts of stuff. Uh, The rest of us had better start paying attention because it could lead to a revolutionary shift uh, in the power of of the government toward more government power over the individual. In a not-too-recent case, Kentucky v.
0: King, we had a a case where – uh, the definition of exigent circumstances that allows police to uh, essentially burst into your home if they're concerned that evidence is about to be destroyed. In this case, the exigent circumstances were actually created uh, by police, where they knocked on a door, announced themselves, and heard a rustling and smelled marijuana and decided, we can go in. And the Supreme Court decided, well, that's okay. With a an aerial drone, one wonders what types of exigent circumstances or what types of information that uh, could allow them to see all types of exigent circumstances that would allow them then not to need a warrant to take issue with uh, with individuals uh, throughout the country?
1: Law enforcement agencies are very adept at shaping their allegations uh, to conform to what the courts expect as far as uh, whether it is a threat, whether it's danger of, of evidence being destroyed. And Part of what is so disturbing about aerial surveillance is that uh, unlike uh, having your apartment broken into when you're not uh, around and and a search done, uh, you may not notice that the aerial surveillance is being done. Currently, uh, it's mostly manned overflights, and depending on the height at which it's done uh, and how low they they pass and so forth, you may notice, gee, someone sure seems to be crossing my property a lot. Uh, With drones, the technology takes a big leap forward. Uh, The uh, uh, drones can be much smaller. You may not notice them at all, even if you're outside. and uh, So you may not notice that your rights have been violated if a warrant was issued on uh, insufficient evidence uh, or evidence that you could have challenged. Uh, you may never know that you were droned. <laughs> Beyond that, the power that this puts into the hands of the government. Uh, It's partly a matter of how much more information they can glean, uh, partly because they can go lower, partly because the optic technology is constantly improving in resolution. They can now identify faces and match it with facial recognition to see where a particular person is. Uh, They can do license plate recognition and matching so that uh, if they are after a particular car, they can look on private property and see where that car might be. And on and on through various other advantages that they get with finer... Uh, optics. But beyond that, it's the cost structure because uh, if a manned overflight is needed of your property, that's still expensive. Pilots still charge a lot of money and that tends to restrict it to cases where they really think they're after something significant. On the other hand, once the cost drops tenfold, even perhaps a hundredfold at some point, uh, they can do it much more on a whim. They can keep things crisscrossing the sky just on the off chance that they'll pick up someone that they had no suspicion of and the chance of a constitutional violation multiple uh, multiplies as a result. How do police make use of fact
0: patterns to arrive at their conclusions?
1: Well, if they feel that they need a warrant, they may go to a judge and say, uh, we have seen uh, particular patches of soil and greenery that would typify marijuana growing, let's say. Or they will say, uh, we have seen, if it's an environmental case, uh, we've seen Uh, construction equipment or um, move to earth that would be typical of someone who is violating the rules on what they can do with the wetland or or over the stream near their property. It will differ from area to area, but the courts have not been as productive as you or I might wish. And this is the Cato Institute. Uh, We are uh, inclined to... uh, take a strong view of constitutional protections, and judges sometimes agree and sometimes uh, don't. Unfortunately, in areas like regulation and the drug war, uh, they often kind of let the government roll right over privacy. In the regulatory area, the assumption is um, you're uh, carrying on some sort of business, even if it's just a farm. uh, We will give the EPA or whichever agency uh, very wide discretion to decide how it wants to spy on your property to uh, see whether you're living up to the law. The
0: police already use cameras in public spaces as not just tools for detecting crime. In fact, they're not particularly good at detecting crime, except after the fact. But they, like I say, they could be pretty powerful forensic tools. Um, And we are concerned about the federal government archiving and harvesting information uh, about our various communications. Uh, What's to stop state, local governments from doing the same type of archiving of information of our goings, comings and goings?
1: In order to create fact patterns, there is nothing whatsoever to, to keep them from doing so. Data dredging is uh, a catchword of the moment with respect to foreign terrorism, and I predict we will hear it at some point for domestic uh, lawbreaking as well. You'll hear the heart wrenching fact patterns about a missing child, for example, and uh, they will ask to write the laws in such a way that the law enforcement agency will have all the power that they might ever find helpful in recovering a missing child. And then we will wake up one day to find that they all also have all the power they need to do almost anything else to us. The dangers of this, uh, even in public places, uh, are rightly causing public debate. But they are so much worse when they uh, begin spying on private property. Uh, we think of the phrase reasonable expectation of privacy as our bulwark. Well, how couldn't we have a reasonable expectation of privacy from above? Uh, you know. Th- This is our own property. If we put up a hedge so no one can see it from a neighbor's property, wouldn't we have? And yet the courts have not always been good about uh, upholding the privacy that one expects from this guy. Uh, And since they haven't been good, there is an opening for the police to uh, drive a drone through.
0: Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute Center for Constitutional Studies. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.